the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast series, both audio and video. I'm Stephen Tubbs, Monday through Friday, 4 to 7, here in Denver on News Talk 710 KNUS. Coming up, we are going to go over, as we record this, what happened yesterday in court. The preliminary hearing for Dr. James Craig, formerly of Summerbrook Dental in Aurora, accused of poisoning to death his 43-year-old wife, Angela, earlier this year. I will do my best to keep this moving and certainly go over some of the highlights, if you will. As we always say off of the top, it is not lost on anyone connected with this podcast series or the radio station in general, that there are six children permanently without a mother and at least temporarily without a father. And of course, as we mention every time, there is a GoFundMe, the Angela Prey Craig Children's Fund, with a $100,000 goal. There's still more than $30,000 short. You can find that at GoFundMe.com. The preliminary hearing started at 9 o'clock yesterday morning in the Arapahoe County Justice Center, courtroom 308. The judge, Judge Shay Whitaker, and she runs a tight ship. She has made it very clear about not necessarily issuing a gag order to those participants, but be sure to be careful uh, as to how you speak with the media, et cetera. And it is not surprising that neither the defense or the district attorney's office has talked with reporters, including myself. So they started at nine o'clock and there were some housekeeping issues. And by 945 Mountain Time on uh, July 12th, 2023, the first witness was called and the questioning directly from the district attorney, John Kellner, the DA in the 18th Judicial District here in Colorado. First witness, Dr. Kelly Lear, the Arapahoe County coroner. And she went through some of uh, stating her credentials, uh, which is standard operating procedure. Then they got into the death of Angela Craig and the autopsy, uh, just picked up the autopsy uh, report earlier today. The autopsy was re, uh, reportedly performed on Angela Don Craig on March 22nd. It started at 9.20 a.m. Mountain Time. So they go over with Dr. Lear on the witness stand the hospital visits we've talked about so much. Three total hospital visits, two to the emergency room at Parker Adventist Hospital, one to the emergency room at University Hospital. Angela Craig would be admitted and she would die several days later 
uh, the afternoon, late afternoon of Saturday, March 18th. She was declared brain dead. So they talk about the March 6th first ER visit, how uh, the uh, patient in this case, Angela Craig, was complaining of global heaviness, muscle pain, vertigo, nausea, etc. She was later uh, released from the ER less than six hours later. She went back to the same Parker Adventist emergency room as we've talked about on March 9th and was admitted uh, feeling fatigue, heaviness, vomiting, headache, lightheadedness, and confusion. Now keep in mind at this preliminary hearing, hearsay is allowed, witnesses are allowed to be presented in this case yesterday, only two, and we'll get into the second witness coming up. But what the prosecution is trying to show the judge, the court, is that there is probable cause to hold the defendant over for trial. I won't wait until the end. That has been determined. Dr. James Craig, innocent until proven guilty, will have his arraignment August 29th at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, so a little more than a month away. Uh, but into the detail, some shocking testimony yesterday, new information, information that kind of was more fine-tuned than just that 52-page arrest affidavit. So they talked about how they used samples, samples taken from the body of Angela Craig while she was still alive, uh, most specifically one on March 9th and another on March 15th. And the time frame is interesting to say the least because it shows increased levels of things like arsenic and cyanide and tetrahydrazoline, which to this point uh, in our podcast series, we have not mentioned that. And we certainly learned a lot yesterday. There were varying questions um, about samples and, uh, and certainly chain of custody, et cetera. But the, the one thing that the coroner made clear was the one sample on March 9th contained X level of, for example, cyanide. The, uh, the next sample that they did on March 15th contained an increased level of homicide. I wanna make it simple for you watching, and of course we greatly appreciate your interest. What the prosecution is saying, again, Jim Craig, innocent until proven guilty. What the prosecution is saying here is that and intimating Jim Craig allegedly was poisoning his wife, Angela, while she was under doctor's care, while he was making visits to either an ER or a hospital. Those are just allegations, but that's what came out in open court yesterday. And certainly the levels of cyanide did show an increase quite dramatically. There was also arsenic present. Now we had one of our, uh, in fact, our only guest here on this video and audio podcast series, Dr. Michael Fricke, who joined us several episodes ago. Remember on this program and on our regular radio program, Dr. Fricke stated he did not think that ars arsenic was the actual cause of death. And Dr. Fricke would be right. I want to read from the autopsy report. It's 15 pages total. Uh, just the opinion, the first sentence. This 43-year-old woman, Angela Don Craig, died of acute cyanide and tetrahydrazoline poisoning. Other significant conditions included subacute arsenic poisoning. The autopsy results were only completed, in fact, signed by Dr. Lear, the Arapahoe County coroner, just as we record this just last week on Wednesday, July 5th, 
Uh, I will admit, I thought that there was some game playing here. I thought they were delaying it a little bit, but you can see in the, the autopsy report itself, I picked up earlier today, signed just last week. That is because of the, the myriad tests that were run looking for traces of, of chemicals, uh, specifically tetrahydrosoline, arsenic, and cyanide. They sent 67 samples from Angela Craig's body to a lab, NMS Labs, in, in Pennsylvania, and they came back with some startling information. When it comes to the official cause of death, again, acute cyanide and tetrahydrosoline poisoning, we in open court heard from the Arapahoe County coroner that 0.5 to 1, 0.5 to 1 is considered normal, uh, normal level of cyanide. 1 to 2.5 would be considered toxic. Anything 2.5 or above levels in her blood uh, would be considered lethal or fatal. Angela Craig, uh, when, when, it, when it came out in court, had somewhere between 4.77 and 5 point something, 5 point something in quotes, that was from the actual coroner. So nearly twice the lethal level of, of cyanide. Now, the defense in this, uh, the defense team of three attorneys that were in there yesterday, they all each had their roles. Uh, the defense is doing what the defense would be expected to do. And of course, their client, James Craig in this case, is innocent until proven guilty. But they tried to point out that really, uh, Dr. Lear, there's no way to know truly how or who administered the cyanide is there. And of course, she had to say under oath, well, no. Um, they also threw out, which I personally think is, is a bunch of crap, to be quite honest with you. Did she administer the cyanide to herself? Well, under oath, the coroner had to say, well, there's really no way to know. We continue recapping the preliminary hearing from yesterday. They also got into uh, witness testimony from the detective, the female detective with the Aurora Police Department, Detective Bobby Olson, who began her career in Minnesota back in 2004. She was on the witness stand for maybe double the amount of time as, as the coroner. This did go pretty much all day in court. Uh, they recapped the moment that we've talked about where the house of cards really started to crumble here, if not completely go flat. And that would have been the delivery of the potassium cyanide allegedly ordered from exam room number nine at Summerbrook Dental by Dr. Jim Craig. Those are the allegations according to not only open court, but the arrest affidavit as well. The, the premise was early on that this was late in the week, that this delivery was like on a Friday, where we learned in open court, and it really doesn't matter that much, but it does show you how quickly things happened in this case. The uh, delivery of potassium cyanide to Summerbrook Dental was delivered actually on a Monday morning. And that is where, as we've talked about on this podcast before, that is where the one employee who was told by Dr. Craig not to open it, she didn't, but somebody else at the office did. They opened it up and in, in testimony yesterday in court during the preliminary hearing, the uh, employee was described as opening uh, a container, a package that uh, contained inside it a shipping slip um, with Jim Craig's name on it and potassium cyanide. The employee had reported that when they opened it, there was a tinfoil type cardboard uh, kind of container inside with a biohazard sticker on it. Well, it was that employee 
uh, who was then told you weren't supposed to open that. They tried to repackage it, and that is when the one employee called the business partner of Dr. Jim Craig, Ryan Redfern, and that's when, again, everything crumbled for for Jim Craig because soon, within hours, a police investigation would begin. Uh, it was Michelle Redfern, the business partner's uh, wife, and Ryan Redfern. They were driving on a Wednesday to University Hospital to, in essence, say their final goodbyes to Angela Craig. She was basically brain dead. And during the time that they were driving, there were texts and phone calls, and they had taken two cars. They end up, the husband and wife, get into the same car. That's when Jim Craig allegedly calls them and says, well, here's why I ordered the uh, potassium cyanide. There were allegations. It's still, it's still amazing to me. Uh, first, it was a ring inside that box delivered to uh, Summerbrook Dental. And then finally, according to testimony in the arrest affidavit, Jim Craig saying to his business partner, Ryan Redfern, all right, it really was potassium cyanide. And Angela ordered me to order it, and they were, quote, playing a game of chicken, close quote. That was in open court and believe was in the arrest affidavit as well. That is where in that phone call, and I realize there's a lot of different moving pieces here, when Jim Craig calls the husband and wife, uh, the Redferns, uh, he starts to give what I will describe as kind of a cockamamie story. That is where Ryan Redfern allegedly says to Jim Craig via the phone, Jim, stop talking, get a lawyer. It was then just days later on March 18th, again at University Hospital in the Denver metro area at 4.30, um, she was, Angela Craig, uh, considered brain dead and she would in fact be declared dead. There were, there were discussions about arsenic, there were discussions about oleander, there were discussions most certainly about exam room number nine and the computer and, and one, one of the Summerbrook co-workers there described to police detectives how there was that dark room in the back of the business and Jim Craig was there uh, in late February on the computer. We've gone over multiple times what they found in the computer search. Kind of switching gears to yet another aspect of this story and a lot became much more clear during the preliminary hearing. In a case like this, in a lot of cases, coast to coast, probably around the world, it seems like there's always perhaps a third party involved, whether it's a man or a woman. There may be a marriage that may be in trouble, which certainly the Craig marriage sounded via various avenues and bits of information and what was said in open court that this marriage was at best rocky uh, and, and at least that was the case for, for a time. Uh, the woman involved, the alleged mistress. I want to say that it was eye-opening and fascinating. Her name is Karen Kane. We have talked about her many, many times. She's an orthodontist from Austin, Texas, reportedly after a 30-year marriage going through a divorce. Well, she was in Las Vegas along with Dr. James Craig between February 22nd and 25th this year. She met Dr. Craig on February 23rd. This was not something that had been going on for weeks or months or years. She had just met this man and they exchanged text messages, etc. cetera. Uh, the testimony in court during the preliminary hearing would state that Dr. Kane 
would, would say that this was not a sexual relationship, but in fact an intimate one. And of course they have uh, myriad pages of emails and text screenshots that were uh, back and forth between Dr. Kane and Dr. Craig. And again, the alleged affair, if you need a, a start date on that, well, they met February 23rd. Think about this for a moment. Angela Craig would be dead within a month, within 30 days of Kane and Craig meeting at that conference in Las Vegas. There was also some shocking testimony when it came to the timeline of Dr. Karen Kane coming to Colorado. She would be questioned by Aurora police detectives here in Colorado because she had flown to Colorado to meet Jim Craig, who allegedly had told her, again, he was going through a divorce, he lived alone, he was in his own apartment, and that was not the case, as we are well aware. So the timeline is, Angela Craig is in and out of hospitals three different times. Well, two times in and out of hospitals, a third time she would die. While his wife, the accusations are, was dying. Unbeknownst to her, Dr. Karen Kane flies to Colorado to see her new friend, Dr. James Craig. And the allegations were from testimony yesterday that Jim Craig would bounce from work to home to the hospital to see his alleged mistress, back to see his wife, over the course of nine days, he's accused of poisoning to death Angela Craig. And during that time and the investigation by detectives, Karen Kane had flown to Colorado and had a hotel room in Aurora. It's truly, truly amazing, especially the compacted time uh, that we are, are talking about. We'll wrap up as, uh, as we will have another uh, podcast series, certainly before the August 29th arraignment of Dr. James Craig. But there was testimony also in the preliminary hearing about that home uh, surveillance system or home video system. We've talked about this before on past episodes. There was external cameras and internal cameras, but the question was, where was that data stored? Well, we learned in open court that there was a DVR that was in the basement that recorded these motion sensitive cameras. Among other things we, we heard, there was actually a camera in the kitchen and that actually had a microphone. You can hear the blender the, when Dr. Craig is, is mixing protein shakes for his wife. They also talked about how there were uh, intimate moments, not sexual, but uh, of loving embraces and so forth on that kitchen video and the audio that you can hear. The allegations are, of course, as stated many times, that he was poisoning his wife via her protein shakes. There's one bit of video that was not shown in court but was described where Angela Craig gets a protein drink and she takes a drink of it and recoils and, and, and kind of steps back and then sets the, the cup of the uh, protein drink on the counter as if it had bad taste. Now, remember, uh, cyanide, apparently no taste, no smell, but what about tetrahydrosoline, the active ingredient in, in Visine? What about potentially arsenic metal that was ground up into a powder form? Uh, that would have a taste. We've talked about that before as well. Once again, Jim Craig is innocent until proven guilty. Yesterday in court, just a couple of final observations. 
facing the, the judge and facing the court, it's obviously there's two sides, there's an aisle in between. I was on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, uh, most of those supporting Angela Craig and her family, uh, Angela Craig, nine siblings, nine siblings, and several of them were there in the front row yesterday. I did have a chance to talk with the brother, Mark Prey, who was the one that took Angela, drove her to University Hospital uh, the morning of March 15th. He was obviously emotional, and hopefully we can have uh, a dialogue with him down the road. I found him to be extremely personable and tried to show him the utmost sensitivity. In front of me on the other side of the courtroom, the parents of Dr. Jim Craig. The Craigs were there. Initially, they started with headsets to better hear the judge in the court proceedings. And there were times, many times, where Mr. Craig Sr., Jim Craig's father, would put his arm around his wife. I would say they are both in their 70s. Uh, The mother of Jim Craig took notes on a little small notepad. Uh, She took what seemed to be copious notes as the proceedings continued. In front of them in the row, uh, the first row, within, and this this was touching, sad. This whole thing is so sad. The son of Jim and Angela Craig. There are six children, as we've talked about, five girls and one boy. And he was within, at times, arm's length distance of his father in the orange jail top, orange jail pants. He had two handcuffs on his right uh, wrist. These were not connected, but a, another handcuff on his left, belly shackles and shackled at the feet. He was so close. And they made eye contact. Father-son made eye contact a couple of times. There were a couple of smirks, I would say, to members of his family. And that is not in a negative way, just kind of an acknowledgement as this proceeding went underway, uh, got underway and lasted most of yesterday. I would say this as well, Dr. Jim Craig did not look, look good. Uh, he was scruffy and, and longer hair and looked like he certainly needed a shave and a haircut. Uh, I will say, I feel like I can say this because I considered Dr. Jim Craig a friend. He was my longtime dentist. I did their advertising, as many of you know, if you followed the podcast series and, and truly just still unbelievable. The fact that I I had known Angela Craig, had interacted with her, I didn't know her well, but to see all of this come down, truly, truly fascinating. Uh, One other note, many of you have questioned, well, what would be the motive? What about money? And I'm not saying that that is my goal to convey this to you, but I've heard it certainly from people watching this video and audio podcast. Well, we learned in open court yesterday there were three life insurance policies taken out on Angela Craig, but I don't want to read too much into that because she also had them with him as the beneficiary, he had her as the beneficiary. But we learned that one of them had been kind of eliminated, but the, the possible payout was $3,424,315 if the life insurance policies had been actually enacted. And the beneficiary on those would have been to Dr. Jim Craig. We also heard yesterday in court about, it depends on who you believe, the prosecution painted Summerbrook Dental as near bankruptcy again. Jim Craig taking a pay cut earlier this year from something like, I can't remember in front of me, but it was like a 50% pay cut from like nearly $40,000 a month, maybe even higher, to about $18,000 a month. So the prosecution wanted to point that out. The defense said the opposite. 
that the business was certainly doing better than the prosecution uh, had tried to lay out. Once again, appreciate your interest. The preliminary hearing over, probable cause was determined to have been found. The judge ruling that the case of uh, the People versus Dr. James Craig will move forward. Where this goes from here, who knows? Could it be a jury trial? Will there be a plea deal? Will there be an admission of guilt? All of that remains to be seen. The next time Dr. Jim Craig will be in court will be on August 29th at 3 p.m. Mountain Time for his official arraignment. Appreciate you watching, and we'll be back soon with another episode. For producer Mark Crowley, I'm Stephen Tubbs. Again, we appreciate your interest, and have a good day. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.